0: All right, looking forward to observing the Lord's Supper with you later uh, in the service. So, with that, we are going to be in 1 Corinthians 11 this morning and um, really looking at uh, the passage here in 1 Corinthians where the Lord's Supper is taught. 1 Corinthians 11, beginning of verse 23, says the following. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. The Lord bless the reading of his word this morning. You know, we, uh, we talk about what scripture says about the ordinances. We know there are two ordinances, uh, believers' baptism and the Lord's Supper, and it's always a, a joy to participate in those two together. Both of these are ordinances that Jesus himself ordained for the local church to practice and be a part of. And so um, as we focus today on communion or the Lord's Supper, um, we, we know that it was first absorbed by the Lord and his disciples, right? He, at the Lord's table, he, he laid it out for the disciples and sort of set the scene back in the upper room. And um, just prior to his arrest and crucifixion, he, he explained to them they, they went through the process, um, It's interesting that that judas left just prior to that actually taking place and uh, was out of the room at the time Um, but it's something that that ought to be um, just a special moment in the life of every believer Um, when we when we think about the church and, and these ordinances why do we why do we do these ordinances why do we do these things well when someone comes to christ right when someone puts their faith in jesus christ Um, they are at that point part of the universal church right? all believers of all time that's the the universal church and and automatically everyone is is a part of that if you are a believer and that that's all believers past that's all believers future everybody who is or will be a believer right is part of that universal church Um, but there's something different for uh, a local church and we see local churches throughout scripture to the church of Galatia you know, Paul writes the letter and to the, to the church in uh, Philippi. Paul writes the letter, and we we have specific instructions to local churches, and how they're to act and what they're to do, and having pastors and deacons and all of those things. Right? We don't have we don't have um, we don't have deacons for the universal church. Right? We we don't have that, and, and so those instructions are different for the local church, the universal church, and what happens in the book of Acts is over and over again we see the instruction that people get saved, right? They believed, they were baptized, and then they were added to them that day. What are they being added to? They're being added to the roles of local churches. That's what's going on in the book of Acts. And so uh, the moment they believe, they're part of the universal church after they were baptized then they joined the local church uh, that's meeting in that place and 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 that's what takes place that's what happens so some people actually describe baptism as kind of like the door to the local church you get baptized and then you 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 join the local church as part of it but the lord's supper is different the lord's supper is in in essence like the checkup (laughs) right it is the continuing communion with christ that where we, we take and reflect upon what we believe, what, what we have trusted, and what we have, have, have said, this is true, right? I, I, I want to be a child of God, and, and, I, and I, I want to live a life that honors him and live a life that pleases him. I want to act like a Christian should, <laughs> And so the Lord's Supper is kind of like an opportunity both to reflect on what God has done and to have a checkup, so to speak. And we're going to look through this passage and you'll see those two areas as we go through this together. And so what is the significance of the Lord's Supper? It It's really laid out for us in the first few verses that we just read, beginning in verse 23. And so um, we're going to kind of walk through some of these a little, little by little here, but um, one of the things that Paul begins with is just the significance and, and how important this is. This is not something to be taken lightly. It's something that's, that's very important and essential. Um, it, it, is, it is something that we, we need to reflect upon and remember um, actually what it's all about. And with that, one of the things that we don't want to do is ever make this routine, right? We, we don't want to make it routine. We, we don't want to uh, just say, oh, we're doing that thing again, right? We, we, we don't want to do that. Um, we, we want to remember it uh, for how, how God has laid it out for us. And so as we, as we think about this, this, this really is a, a time for uh, consideration. And so uh, verse 23 here as we um, begin reading this Verse twenty three, I have received of the Lord uh, that which also I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also, oops, sorry. After the same manner also he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood to you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me and so in, in both of these cases both of these examples we have before us a a, a time for consideration being laid out here uh, a, a moment where we should just pause and consider what Jesus did for us a time of remembrance right in remembrance of me so so with that take a moment and just just consider the cross Think about what Jesus did for us on the cross, all that, that He went through. I, um, I sat through a presentation one time that was on the anatomy of a crucifixion. It was gross. I mean, it was grueling. <laughs> it, and um, and I, I don't actually think that, that our goal here is to primarily to think about those gruesome details, right? But, but they are still there, right? But, it, but as we think about a Savior willing to, to go all the way to a cross and all the things that were involved with that, perhaps worse than the physical aspects were, were the, the aspects of, of separation from, from the Father as sin was laid upon him. Per, perhaps worse than that is the Holy One himself, the one who's worthy of all praise, the one who should be magnified and lifted up, being torn down and ripped apart, spitefully used by his own creation. The, think of the shame of, of God himself going through that for our sakes. I don't know about you, but uh, when, when I, I just say the, the word, the cross of Calvary, what, what emotions pop up in your heart just, just in saying that? What, what, what wells up inside of you? we think about jesus going to the cross of calvary somebody call something out what what do you feel inside even just at the words sorrow thankfulness anything else say that again victorious what else Anything else popping up inside of you? Say that again. Gruesome. Yeah, gruesome. It's really this sort of weird contrast, isn't it? We have thankfulness and victory and gruesome and sorrow. And how do you mix all that together at the same time? You know the the cross is that weird moment where, you know, you're you're talking about the Lord's Supper and you're you're thinking, are we celebrating the Lord's Supper, are we observing the Lord's Supper, and and I think the answer is yes, right, to both of those, but but the 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 challenge is, boy, it's 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 a sorrowful time in the sense of we think about what our Savior went through for us. And the fact that we ourselves in our own sinfulness brought about the reason that that had to happen. And yet it is wonderful and joyous when we think about the redemption which he accomplished for us there. It's amazing to consider the willingness of Jesus and the love of God for us that was on display that day. Reminder, uh, going back to the prophecy in Isaiah, Isaiah 53.3, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from Him. He was despised, and we esteemed Him not. Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. And the Lord's Supper gives us a renewed glimpse that our wonderful Savior and His willingness to die on the cross for our sins, willing to pay that price of pen- sin penalty for us, that we wouldn't have to pay it. And actually, in turn, not only will we no longer be, be uh, covered in that shame of our sinfulness, but we'd be wrapped in a white robe of righteousness, an actual exchange taking place you know, it's not just the cross that we consider when we think about the Lord's Supper, but it's also the resurrection. And, and you say, well, Pastor, why are we even thinking about the resurrection at all? Well, we're, we're thinking about the resurrection because um, even, even in this, this verse itself, it reminds us that Jesus is not dead. You have your Bible there in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. He's alive. He's coming back. It wasn't the end. And even that reminder there in verse 26 lays it out for us that we have a living Savior. And so we remember as one who went to the cross, but as one who experienced the resurrection. as as one who uh, stands living and alive today as our advocate with the Father. You know, that's part of the joy part, I think. I think that's part of the the victory aspect. Because you you can't separate the cross from the resurrection. When we talk about what Jesus went through, it, it is the death, burial, and resurrection the, those three things are put together, and we see it time and time again in Scripture. When the gospel is spoken of, right, it, it is literally described for us as being the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, all three aspects of that. Luke 24, beginning verse 5 says, And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said to him, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee. Now that great promise, Jesus isn't in the tomb. If he were, let's all just close it down now and go home. But he's not. He's risen. Part of what comes about as we think about this wonderful gospel account is is that we are anticipating what's yet to come. It truly is a time for anticipation because we, we are showing the Lord's death till he come. We, we are practicing this. We are observing it. And so we're, we're not a people without hope, but we have a living Savior, a resurrected Savior, one who lives today, one who ascended back to heaven and is at the right hand of the Father. We, we are told to observe this until he comes. When he comes again, that's when everything changes, right? That's when everything changes. You know, this, even in the observance of the Lord's Supper, has a promise of the Lord's return within it. Jesus is coming again. And we look forward to that, right? The one who will return and, and take us home to glory. Glory. And so we anticipate it, and even the Lord's Supper itself. We do this, but not forever. We do this until Jesus comes back. And then that's the end of this local church ordinance. It doesn't continue for us as Grace Baptist Church anymore. When Jesus comes, our part is finished. Our deacons don't have to come up and pass the plates anymore. Why? We see fruition of what was promised all the way back here uh, in, in chapter 11 here, of 1 Corinthians. Hebrews 9, verse 28 says, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. You know, we long for that day and what's coming ahead. And, and so Christ took upon himself the sins of many, and. We look to our Savior today, knowing that salvation comes through him. Titus 2.13 puts it this way, looking for that blessed hope, the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we long for him. Hey, he could return today. Scripture describes the imminent return of Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean immediate. That means imminent. That means it's coming soon. We don't know whether that's today or 2,000 years from now, but he's coming soon. And when he comes, it will be according to his timing at just the right time. It's so just like 1 Thessalonians 4 puts it in verse 16. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. You know, we, we long for that day. So this is the significance of the, the ordinance. And what, what incredible significance for what we will observe together. Uh, but there's also a sanctity of this observance as well. There's a sanctity. There's a seriousness. There's an importance of self-examination. Let's look ahead. We read these verses before. We're going to read them again. 1 Corinthians 11, 27. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink of this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drink, drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Oops, sorry, missed one there. All right, so with that in mind, right, I, I don't know about you, but I grew up in various churches, and we always stopped before we got to these verses, right, because all of a sudden the, the, the tenor changes, right? Now, they're all right here together in, in the Lord's Supper passage. It's all right here together. In, in fact, in terms of, of number of verses, um, it, it's almost exactly the same, right? The, the length is almost the, the same. One half up top and, and we look at the significance. The the second half, almost the same length, dealing with the sanctity of it. Pastor after pastor fails to give the warnings <laughs> that are a part of the practice of the Lord's Supper. And I remember when I found found out these these passages actually exist, right? Because, you know, I I would go to church and I would I would read the verses that, that we read in church and, and then I would stop when they stopped and I didn't even know it was there, and I'd been observing the Lord's Supper for year after you know years and years and years at this point. You know, we're talking five, six, seven years. I had no idea that these verses were there. It shocked me, and I'll be honest, I was just a little bit upset. I've been going through all this the whole time. I've been participating in this in the whole time, and no one ever gave me the warning, right? No one ever gave me the warning. No, no, no one ever instructed me on this aspect of it. And it, it's pretty serious. I, I mean, the, the concern is, is sickness and death, right? I think we ought to talk about it. it, it you know, I mean, that, that was what was going through my mind. Hey, if you know this could happen and you don't tell me and you say you love me, you you know what I mean? So the goal is not to be like a downer today, right? The goal is not to, it's to actually recognize the sanctity of the observance. To practice it properly. To give God his due. And if we're not ready today, then just don't take it. Get ready for next time. You know, it's a time of, of, of examination. And, and God's Holy Spirit is at work in hearts. He, he convicts of sin and he, he points out uh, areas where, hey, we've done wrong. This is, this is something that, that is a continual aspect in a believer's life. We deal with sin because we're sinners. And when God points out sin, we, we confess it and we forsake it. I, I'll be honest with you. I would much rather you pass the plate if you're not ready to take it and go deal with that sin than just take it, right? I, I would much rather. You say, well, uh, other people might see me. Can, can I say this to you this way? If people are spiritual around you, they will think much more highly of you for honoring the sanctity of the Lord's Supper than just flippantly taking it. Okay, they, they will think much more highly of you. That's true. All right, so we're talking about the condition here of those who partake the Lord's Supper. And certainly uh, the church in Corinth there are, are described as having those who are sick and some who've even uh, died because of their attitude towards the Lord's Supper specifically. Um, but this is a time that is a holy time, a time to remember the sacrifice of the Lord. And uh, God hasn't changed, right? We like to blame things on the Old Testament, say, oh, that was the Old Testament, right? And then, this isn't even the Old Testament. You, you can't just throw this away, okay? It, 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 it is what Scripture says very clearly to a church in the New Testament, and he expects us to deal with sin in our lives today, just like he expected those in Corinth to deal with sin in their lives when when this book was written we can't allow ourselves to just say ah there's so much sin we we just god doesn't accept that right god doesn't accept that he's a holy god and believers are to deal with sin so we examine our hearts prior to taking the lord's supper let's consider the holiness of christ let's consider the actual communing of communion as we together as a church are, are recognizing and remembering Uh, the his his incredible sacrifice on the cross you know in, in a sense we could say that if we're willing to come to the Lord's table with known open sin in our hearts and in that moment what we're supposed to be remembering it's him dying on the cross because of that sin. And we just allow it to, uh, we'll just set it aside. Hey, we're not doing it right. You understand what I'm saying? How That, that, that contrast, there was something so clearly wrong there. So we, we've got to take sin seriously. God takes it seriously. But the great thing is that he gives wonderful hope. First 1 John 1, 1.9 if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, if there's sin that we've committed against the Lord, we, we can deal with it right now. We don't have to wait. We can confess it to the Lord. His cleansing is promised if we're sincere in that. And so as we, we consider this moment, right, we, we could call the Lord's Supper a, a time in a sense of rededication. And frankly, every day ought to be a continual time of rededication because we deal with sin each and every day. And it ought to be a time where we say, "Yeah, Lord, I sinned. I was wrong. I'm confessing it. I don't want to do that again. Forgive me. And we press on. It, it is, truly is a time when we rededicate ourselves, when we cry out to the Lord, like in Psalm 51, verse 10, created me a clean heart, O God, renew a right spirit within me. God promises to do that if we confess and forsake it. If you have somebody against somebody else, go grab them. Grab them by the arm, say, hey, let's go talk. It's okay. That's more important, right? That's, it's more important to get that right than just pressing on like there's nothing going on. You know, the Lord's Supper is a special occasion for the believer and it's a privilege that we have to worship our Lord. And, As part of that, we we just give him thanks for what he's done. We remember all that he's done for us. We, We know that we would be in our sin and without hope if it weren't for Jesus Christ. And so we take it seriously. We take it seriously. We look at our heart, search our own hearts. We evaluate. We ask God to show us sin. And when it's shown to us, we confess it and forsake it. So who can understand that? Well, believers can understand that, right? Believers who know Jesus Christ can understand that. If you're not a believer this morning, I'd love to to tell you about why Jesus died on the cross for your sin. That's the whole purpose of this. That's what we're remembering today. If you're not a believer today, I'd ask you not to partake. This is for believers to remember their Lord. But I'd love to answer any questions you have about it. This is, this is for folks who not only have, have trusted Christ as their Savior, but they've been baptized. They say, I want to be publicly identified with Jesus. I want everybody to know I'm a Christian. This is for folks who have said God cares about the local church. You don't have to be a member of Grace Baptist Church to partake. But if you're a member of, of, a, of another church and you have followed the Lord in that area, this is open to you. This is available to you. And so, with that, what a great opportunity now, right? To take a moment and observe what God has commanded us to, and to praise his name, and to reflect upon his goodness, and to have that mixture of emotions, of sorrow, and sadness, the gruesomeness, and at the same time, the joy, and the victory, as so we think about the love of God, Jesus Himself was willing to go to the cross for our sins. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. We we, we thank you for the wonderful Word of God that challenges us, that encourages us, that instructs us. And Father, we thank you that you care about your people, and you care about your church. You, you care that the way that we do things be pure and sanctified. That, that, it, it seek to, it, that we would seek to honor you with our dedication to you. Father, we thank you that you have not left us without hope. Because through the very thing we remember today, forgiveness is available full and free We need only confess our sins and you've promised to forgive us our sins. Father, we could never tire of thinking of the wonders of salvation. It's just so large. It's so big. The depths of your love are unfathomable. So Father, we we just give thanks to you today. We praise your name. Lord, we ask that this will be a time of observance when you are honored, when you are glorified, and when Christ is remembered. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.